Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. On this episode, we do a movie battle. Shaun of the Dead versus 28 Days Later. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. This is Anthony. And this is James. And today we're putting up two of our favorite zombie movies against each other. Shaun of the Dead versus 28 Days Later. This is our zombie showdown. And I know a lot of people might not think that 28 Days Later is a zombie movie. I respect your opinion if that's what you believe. Personally, I believe that this is everything a zombie movie is. And I know they're not technically undead, the zombies, the Zeds in that movie. You know, they can turn in an instant, basically. Uh, you don't have to die to turn into a zombie in that film, which is kind of like the definition of, a, of the undead, the zombies. But you know what? It's a zombie movie to me. These are the two kings of the mountain. You know, these are the, the pinnacles of zombie movies. And I know the classics are great. But if you look at it, Shaun of the Dead and 28 Days Later are literally the best of the genre. And they are so different from one another. And yet, even though they're both so beloved, like we've been talking to our fans about which ones they prefer, and it's been pretty neck and neck. And No, it hasn't. Okay. Oh, it hasn't? No. Oh, no, never I'll, mind. I'll reveal the poll in a few. Oh, I'm interested. I haven't seen that yet. So, But I think... For, for, for zombie movies, these are definitely the most beloved for sure. Yeah, and because they're so different, that's why we're putting them up against each other. And these are the two movies in the zombie genre you could say have been copied the most in the 21st century since they came out. So Shaun of the Dead came out in 2004, uh, directed by Edgar Wright, obviously. And also, and then 28 Days Later came out a couple of years before in 2002. You're right. There have been so many zombie comedies lately. Yeah, the last 15 by, years. Directed by Danny Boyle, written by Alex Garland. I mean, yeah, 28 Days Later, The Fast Zombies, that's kind of like the new main zombie that people put in their films the fast ones and then the comedy zombie movie that's very popular i mean mm -hmm. zombie land probably wouldn't exist without Shaun of the dead and mm -hmm. i mean movies like um world world war z that book and movie probably wouldn't exist without 28 days later yeah and you know both of these directors are extremely talented edgar and danny boyle and this was edgar wright's Big debut film, his big feature, huge release film debut, incredible debut. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, great first film for for audiences to see what kind of a director you, you are. And because he because he made a TV series before this, he made um, Spaced. Spaced. He had experience with the production, so you could see he already had uh, pretty much honed his style and how he wanted to film his his movies. And you know, he's, he's always worked with a great DP. And for I think Edgar Wright. The, one of the biggest strengths to his filmmaking and storytelling, and it reminds me of Quentin Tarantino, is he is an avid film lover. And you can see that in his filmmaking and in his writing. He's always homaging things and the way he the way he films is all, mostly very classical and you know classical lighting. And I think he always has had a, a respect for the art of filmmaking. Yeah, Edgar Wright's style of filmmaking, for me, it's always a breath of fresh air, even among many of the greats styles can get similar and you know repetitive but edgar he really is one of those rare directors who has his own style has his own pacing his own storytelling techniques that no one else can really replicate or there are a few directors that are kind of similar like i would say that he's like a blend of scorsese and guy Ritchie. like if those two guys were a director <laughs> i feel like that's edgar Wright, but more comedy heavy than obviously both of those guys even though their movies are funny as hell and the thing about his movies they're heavy on details he's very meticulous if something's in the shot it's there for a reason. He reconnects jokes throughout the entire story, kind of like a stand-up special. So he he's very detail-oriented to everything in his films. And I think it for people, they associate Edgar Wright with two things, his editing and his use of soundtracks. 
and his editing is on full display in this film. The way he cuts together these little montages of like, you know, early morning routines, but he cuts it together super fast and with the sound effects and he makes it really fun and filled with energy and nobody else was really doing that before him. And, you know, in, like you, there's that great montage in Hot Fuzz, you know, when he's traveling from from one from the city into the sticks. And I think that his editing is definitely some of the most original and most uh, energetic among modern filmmakers and nobody does it like him. Yeah, I love his transition. So yeah, yeah. the Hot Fuzz is a great example. And in Shaun of the Dead, Dead another great transition like that is when Sean gets blackout drunk and he's trying to he decides he has to sort his life out so he writes everything on the board like go to mom or call see mom get Liz back sort life out and then he falls asleep and it's nighttime then the lights just open like turn back on and now it's daytime just a couple seconds later they didn't cut the camera or anything it's just like a great way to transition from night to day and then also using those extended long take long takes from when he's journeying to the convenience store both times you know it's that's a great uh, use of filmmaking these very long takes it's about a two and a half minutes shot each time and he reveals first of all the day in the life with the first one and then him entering this new world of a zombie infested city in the second one yeah so it's just a lot of fun of you know what's so fun about Shaun of the dead is the extreme irony where Shaun is a zombie really in real life which is one of the most ironic things and also where the audience we know what we know something terrible is happening we know zombies are infested the this the United Kingdom before they do. We know something's terribly wrong before the protagonists ever figure it out, you know? And what's really funny is that Edgar Wright essentially makes most people look like zombies in the first few scenes in the movie. Like when, when Sean's on the bus going to work, everyone sitting on the bus looks like a zombie. Like they're all sunken eyes and they're all like blank face, like mouths open, just like, you know, zombies at work. You know what I mean? So obviously the metaphor is there just like in the original Dawn of the Dead. But it's really funny because he's sitting on the bus and then everyone else is like open mouth around him. It's really, if you go, if check it out for that close detail. Before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost Podcast is to share us with your family and friends and become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Patrons get perks like personalized videos, podcast schedules, top tier patrons get a monthly shout out on the podcast, and the best perk of all is every single patron has access to all of our bonus episodes, which post every Wednesday, and also we are both now full-time on the podcast. I put my two weeks in, so I'm done working at my day job, and we are just now depending on you to pay our bills, so thanks so much for everyone who's become a patron. Love ya. Go to our website, Raiders of the Lost podcast.com to see all of our sources of content our merch our custom movie posters our awesome merch now we have like launching new products like hats and hoodies and and beanies for the winter time follow subscribe wherever you're tuning in or watching on youtube hit the notification bells everywhere thanks for watching edgar wright in the first act of the film he makes he edits his film and adds sound effects and music and tries to scare you like you'll see arms reaching out of the frame and jump cuts and it's always just like something trivial or just like something normal but the way Edgar Wright films it he always keeps you on edge a great example is whenever whenever Sean's in the bathroom the first time he's looking in the mirror and then he moves the mirror a little bit and then his roommate's right behind him very upset uh Peter Pete, right Peter. and then um the second time that happens he moves the mirror at nighttime or in the next day and Peter's in the shower as a zombie so uh-huh. it's just a great storytelling device with not without cutting you just do something like funny and interesting like move the mirror to get a, a larger scope of the room and characters you got right and, on yeah. and a great revelation of somebody else <laughs> and then you know in a contrast in 28 days later you know the tw- the turn of the 20th 21st century this is a time when a lot of films were embracing you know realism and you know grittiness and you know less fantastical ideas and like 
you know, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and things like that. Things get a little bit more serious, even for big movies. And then with Danny Boyle's interpretation of the zombie film, you know, it's a virus, and, and it's a very believable turn of events. And especially now, after what we've all been through in the last year and a half, it's definitely very believable. You know, you could have. I've read that um, scientists say that their biggest fear is if there if rabies if there's ever an airborne rabies virus because then that would like ravage the world and you know you could probably see something similar to what you see in this movie and luckily rabies is um very rare and is only spread through biting but you know this movie seems like it's definitely a possibility in real world circumstances they were a bit bitey <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> the thing with Danny Boyle amazing director i think this is one of his best movies i think it's super underrated too is he says this isn't a zombie movie and again i think it's up for interpretation depending on i think that i think general public reviews it as a zombie movie. yeah but it's technically from like from the letter of the the letter it's of called the a rage virus yeah it's a va- rage virus no and like i said no one dies to become a, a zombie where you have to die to become a zombie in every yeah. other zombie movie Whereas in 28 days later, you can turn just from getting a drop of blood in your eye in a couple seconds. And so the turning process is almost immediate versus Shaun of the Dead, where the process probably takes like 24 hours. You could probably say the same thing about World War Z. About it being an infection? Yeah, because they turn so quickly and it doesn't seem like characters die before they turn. No, they. I think they die. Do they? It looks like they die. Maybe. I'll, yeah, I have to think about they defi- it. I'm pretty sure they definitely die in World War Z before they turn. But the turn is so fast. Yeah, maybe. I could be wrong. I don't know. I think that like they turn so quickly. It's a, more of a virus that, than of zombies. But they're definitely zombies in that movie. Oh, yeah. I would say they're zombies. It's called I, World War Z. You yeah, know? but I think they have a lot more in, in relation to the, the 28 Days Later creatures. Well, obviously. Creatures. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply zombies but even yeah. more terrifying yeah and also danny boyle i think great filmmaker but something he did with this film that you can look at it both as a pro and a con is filming early digital cameras to make this movie so he was using the canon xl1 which is a dv based canon camera and he did this because it's a lot cheaper a lot faster because you know they're filming around london and they needed to be able to set up shots really quickly and move around fast and also it does give this gritty quality to the film which i kind of like you know it looks good the film 
feels visceral, feels like alive, like the movie. I but I will say the low quality is pretty noticeable sometimes. Yeah, I'm just worried about it not aging well. Yeah, it, it hasn't aged well, especially because you know digital cinema has become has come such a long way. Although if you watch this on a small enough screen, it's, it looks fine. But if you're gonna watch this on a big screen, it will be noticeable because back then you wouldn't have noticed it because everything you watched on television was mostly standard definition. So this was actually pretty high resolution compared to normal television. But now that we're used to 4K, even 8K, high quality content, if you watch this on a big screen, it might take you out of it, if the low quality, because this is literally just HD quality. But fortunately, the directing is so good and the movie is yeah. excellent that I think after a few minutes you get used to it because, you know, I think we always talk about how things like audio are really the most important part of your film or project. And yeah. if you have bad audio, no one's going to tune in. But I think with the quality not being amazing of the resolution and sharpness, I think it's okay because I think it adds to the film in a way. And you know, 16 millimeters, if it's done well, it's really beautiful. Yeah, you but know I'm, what I mean? I'm just worried about like going further into the 21st century. Is that going to be a major con? Is it going to age worse than we think it will? I think that ultimately, since it's a great film, it will age fine. Yeah. But um, oh, I was going to say something. I'm sorry. Oh, and in terms of, like you said, the reason why he filmed this was because it's fast and cheap. But also, a lot of the shots in London, they want they didn't have the CGI or the money to make London really look abandoned for long periods of time. Like, they couldn't do that. So what they did was they figured out a shooting schedule where, like, so when he's walking on that bridge, I don't know what the bridge is called. Sorry for our UK fans. Um, in Buckingham Palace is the, the one in London. The one in London. And the palace is behind him. That's real. And they really emptied that area out. But it was only for, like, an hour in the early morning. And that's all they could get. So in order to get these different shots, because it's, it's a pretty long sequence where Killian Murphy's walking through the streets of London. And, you know, it takes a lot of camera work, a lot of, like, setups to do these shots. And so what Danny Boyle and his crew did was they just had a bunch of these small digital cameras. And they set them up, these cameras up, all over the city in different spots. And they would just film like everything in one take and do that maybe a few times. And that got them all the footage they needed in that small window where they were allowed to film. And then obviously the city had to go back to normal. So they had to basically do this to get what Danny Boyle's vision was for. Because I think just seeing the impact of you see him walking through the city and it's empty. And even if you're not familiar with London, you know it's a heavy metropolis area. Eight million people live there. So it's just a stunning first act of this film where... Um, Killian Murphy's character Jim is just alone in the city and that is one of the most powerful parts of the entire film Yeah, when he's screaming hello, and there's like a bus flipped over and he doesn't really know what happened He wakes up from his coma So let's just set up the plots real quick So 28 days later, obviously I'm sure you've all seen it is this character wakes up from a coma Who knows how long he'd been asleep, but he wakes up in an abandoned London again a population of 8 million people He is nowhere anywhere it anyone is and this rage virus in the first uh, scene of the film gets released in this from these uh, in, what we call eco-terrorists and environmental yeah. terrorists who break into that scientific laboratory and they release the chimpanzees who have been experimented on and the rage virus spreads throughout the entire UK. That's what's interesting about these two films is they take place in the United Kingdom where so... Which is an island. Which is different. So I think the spread in... You could say in 28 Days Later might just be isolated to just UK and like Ireland, mm -hmm. Scotland and that entire island area versus mm -hmm. Shaun of the Dead. It probably spread worldwide because in that film, you get if you get bit, it takes you time to turn. So you're just sick for about a day and people are probably still traveling. So you can assume that Shaun of the Dead, it's a global pandemic of zombie apocalypse going on. Yeah, exactly. And Shaun of the Dead, just the setup is obviously Shaun and his character and his life and day in his life. And then now zombies are taking over. But, you know, they're very different tones. And, you know, Shaun of the Dead... 
it really is one of the best comedies of the last 20 years. It's just... 100%. It hits every joke. Every joke hits, and it's it, it has a great pace to it, especially like the first hour of the film. It is just so much fun, and we every time I watch this, I crack up, and Edgar Wright, such a comedic genius in terms of his writing and also the way he films and i think that Shaun of the dead is such a great great movie and it's the birth of the cornetto trilogy yeah so it's this hut fuzz and the world's end and so according to edgar wright the cornetto uh ice cream that appears in this film he didn't like plan it to be the cornetto trilogy just sort of happened because he once ate a cornetto to get over a hangover and he thought it'd be funny if sean did the same thing after a night of drinking in this film and, <laughs> and then well it was, Eddie, it was ed well sean buys it and edzy eats it yeah, yeah right but and then simon Pegg and nick frost are just so great together yeah their chemistry is amazing yeah they're so funny together yeah. i love every movie they're in i could watch a dozen movies of them back to back to back to back to back but yeah. their relationship grows and gets different each film which is what's so fun about it yeah and then in terms of 28 days later we have a great um date we have great um breakouts from both killian murphy and Naomi Harris, two excellent, excellent actors. You've seen Naomi Harris in a lo- the last few Bond films and a bunch of other films. And then obviously, we all love Killing Murphy, Peaky Blinders, Last Quiet Place movie, uh, half of Chris Nolan's films. So these two actors, great breakout performances in this film, and they become icons in British cinema. Plus, plus Brendan Gleeson yeah. is in this as Frank. He's an awesome actor. Um, Christopher Eccleston is Major Henry West. He's excellent in 20 Days Later. He's obviously a villain in this film. And then Shaun of the Dead, we have, uh, what's his name? Bill Nihai. Nihai. How do you say his last name? I always get it wrong. Nihai or Nihai? I think it's Nihai. And then Kate Ashfield plays Liz. Peter Serafinovich as Pete. I feel like I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, too. He seems familiar. Seems super familiar. He looks like the guy who played Mister, who played Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, he looks like Darcy, but it's not him. They just look similar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall the cast are excellent. They're a lot of fun. Uh, uh, very different tonally performances, obviously. But um, you want to get into like specific areas of of talking about debate with between the films to see who like wins each category. So we're we're gonna like give each movie a point based on. Like a topic, like whether it be zombies or, or gore or scariness, stuff like that, so that we can actually determine a winner yeah. of who's the king of the zombies in this episode. So let's get into our official battle between these two films. Dun, dun, dun. What is the first category? The first category, why don't we start with, how about we talk about the zombies? Yeah, let's do zombies first. Let's do zombies first. Yeah. So we'll start with Shaun of the Dead. The zombies here are the iconic, old school, very slow, very dumb easily outrun you can outwalk these zombies zombies you know from like night of the living dead the original dawn of the dead and everything like mm-hmm. that and so the thing with it is it's fun to watch it's it's great for comedic effect when used right in this film with edgar wright and but also the threat really isn't great unless they're in, in a big large crowd. numbers yeah in, in a big mass but the comedy is really great like when they're drunk um when the zombies attacks are happening but they get drunk and then they're walking outside the moon the winchester and then they see like a zombie down the street, like groaning at them, and they're just like making fun of it. <laughs> they don't even know it's a zombie. And they see the two people making out, yeah. and this the woman's eating the other guy's yeah. neck. <laughs> it's so funny. And then that morning, like when when Sean walks to the convenience store and there's blood all over the the window door, and he doesn't notice it, and he even slips on a puddle of blood, and then everything's just just a, a wreck and a mess. And he walks by the homeless guy, thinking he's just like asking for a change. Like, I, don't, I, don't even have, I don't even have enough money for the store. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> he thinks he's actually a zombie. It's so funny. But like you said, like the threat is pretty low in terms of 
if they're in small numbers like but it is funny watching you know sean run around with his with his um what do you call it, a mallet cricket bat cricket bat just bashing them in the heads like super easily so the kills are fun because yeah they're very slow and it is it's super funny like when they're in the backyard the, yeah. the man and the woman and he's like there's a woman in the garden <laughs> she's drunk <laughs> she's so drunk oh my god <laughs> so it's funny and Edgar Wright plays with it so well with the very slow zombies and I really love I think the best part of comedy could be at the end of the movie when um, he's scrolling through the channels and you know the zombies are more of like a, a fun thing now and like they have zombie. there's like shows with zombies competing in contests and yeah. like there's a woman who's still married to a zombie like I, th I really love that part of the film but they will eat your face off if yeah. they grab you enough but yeah they're very slow not a huge threat if it's just one or two of them anyone could take them out so it's, it's not too scary by themselves but then 28 days later they made them be the most terrifying zombies we've ever seen that or 28 i mean uh, that or world war z didn't they have um athletes for the zombies yeah, for so that actually, reason yeah because there's a lot of sprinting and athletics involved they actually had professional athletes playing zombies in this movie mm, that's really genius which is very clever and so the zombies are super fast super strong they do not stop sprinting if they find you and it makes them terrifying it makes the tone of the film more i think more terrifying than Shaun of the dead for sure yeah i mean just the looks of them like their eyes they have those yellow eyes they're terrifying and then the turn into a zombie is so fast like that great they have red eyes uh, i think they have yellow eyes i think they have red we'll find they out could later. have red yeah either one yeah just, they're not normal you might be right. You might be right. <laughs> but you might be wrong. <laughs> like that scene Brendan Gleeson turns into a zombie. It's terrifying. And it takes just a few seconds. And it's just, it's so brutal. And these zombies, like when I saw this as a kid, I was horrified by it. It was really, really scary. It was, I had nightmares about this, a movie like this. And it, that never really happened. Because I always looked at zombies as very cheesy and very corny before this movie came out. Um, because, I was, you know, I was like a judgmental kid. Cynical 11 year old <laughs> But like I always saw Like the old ones And I was like Oh they don't look real Like they don't look scary But then I saw this And I was like Oh my god This is terrifying This is amazing And 28 Days Later Isn't the first Zombie movie To do like Fast running zombies It had been done Like in the 70s I believe And maybe in the 80s But it wasn't on Like a large film Not a big production With a huge budget Or anything like that It wasn't like a, a Theatrical released film Something like that On, on tons of theaters Worldwide So mm -hmm. this is the first big production of fast zombies and what's different is like like we said earlier with Shaun of the dead zombies you could be around a bunch of them like a, a handful no the risk is not that high but just having one of these 28 days later zombies on your tail that is crazy dangerous well i mean just looking at the the complete emptiness of london it's just terrifying to think that either you ran or that you turn into a zombie after you got bit and ran after other people so just like the, I think the ice, the complete emptiness of the city of a huge metropolitan in the world just shows how terrifying they are. And how these few survivors there are, the way they're surviving is like by through guerrilla tactics and constantly being hidden and, you know, only going out at night and just being extremely careful. I think that that shows just how intense the situation was. And drinking Pepsi products. Yeah, so much. <laughs> there's so much Pepsi and Coke products in this. A lot of, a lot of product placement. Yeah. But you could say, I mean... It, I could be wrong, but I feel like there just were more vending machines back in the early 2000s than, than there are now, I feel like. Oh, definitely. Does that make sense? Yeah, there were definitely way more vending like machines. Like, they were everywhere. Like, everywhere you like, went, there was, like, a, a soda vending machine. Not that there aren't plenty still, but, like, I feel like there were more. I don't know. I, I rarely see them that much now. They're around. They're around, but not like they used to. They're at malls. Yeah, I guess. I pretty much only see them at malls nowadays. Yeah. 
Sometimes supermarkets. But I, I think I, office. Nah. I think um, office buildings still have them. Something like, like that. Like people like just go get something in the hallway. But I think what is it? They're hiding in a train station, so it kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Anyways, there's a ton of soda in this movie, so like <laughs> they gotta of, they gotta make money somehow. They gotta, they gotta pay the bills to make the production work. <laughs> but the zombies in 28 Days Later, way more terrifying. Yeah, super scary compared to Shaun of the Dead. So so animalistic. And that opening scene with the with the chimpanzees is really terrific. What a great opening. Yeah, it's just when you see the first person turn and then they attack the others, it's like, oh my god, this is what this movie is. The threat is intense. Yeah, intense. So zombies, I'm giving to 28 Days Later. I'm gonna give, even though I love Shaun of the Dead zombies, I'm gonna give it to 28 Days Later as well because. For me, I think that the scarier, the better for zombies, and there's nothing more terrifying than a zombie that can chase you down. All right, let me uh, mark 28 Days Later as having one point. Now. One to nothing. Wow, oh, man. Here we go. All right, what's what's next? What do you want to do? Um, do you want to go with gore? Let's do it. If you're watching on YouTube or on social media, you may have noticed that Anthony and I have some new laptops on our desk. These are the LG 17-inch gram ultra-lightweight laptops. The cool thing about them is they're 16 by 10-inch aspect ratio versus 16 by 9 Courtesy of LG, thank you so much. These are exceptionally light. You wouldn't even know you're holding a laptop if you held it in your hands. The screens are incredible. We love watching movies on them. And so it, the extra room is also beneficial for editing video and referring to our notes. So we love the 16 by 10 aspect ratio. So head on over to our YouTube video bios to check out our links for the LG Gram 16-inch and 17-inch models. Thank you, LG, for sponsoring the show and for these incredible laptops. And we have another amazing sponsor. For all you screenwriters or people interested in getting into screenwriting, head on over to arcstudiopro.com slash raiders to get $30 off the Arc Studio Pro membership. This is the most efficient, streamlined, and elegant screenwriting software on the market. Arc Studio Pro provides users with all sorts of perks like apps for your desktop or phone, online collaboration with co-writers, so it's like you're writing with Google Documents with a friend, super helpful outlining tools, revisionist management, and links to feedback. I use Arc Studio Pro every day with my screenwriting needs because of how amazing the software is. Again, head on over to arcstudiopro.com slash raiders, arcstudiopro.com slash raiders to get $30 off your membership and start writing today. We love gore, not, oh, yeah. not too much, but like when it's done right. Yeah, well. when it's done well and they both both these movies have a lot of gore, but they approach it in different ways. And I really like Shaun of the Dead's gore because it's very funny at times. Like when um what I can't what's his name? Pete? David? David, yeah. When David gets pulled through the window and then they just start tearing apart his stomach and, and pulling his guts out. Like eating his intestines. It's like so funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what the, what he did, what Eddie Wright did so well is it's like the campy gore from like the evil dead and yeah. the night of the living dead, but it's like done modern it's modernized and he still kept the funniness with it. Uh -huh. As well as there are great instances of very good gore in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. That aren't funny. My favorite I think my favorite moment of gore is when they when Sean pushes the the girl in his backyard. And he and she falls onto that iron pipe, and that, that first thing he's like, he's like, oh my god, <laughs> just <laughs> killed a girl. <laughs> but then she she slowly stands up, and then Edgar Wright keeps the camera on her back, and then we see Sean through the hole in her stomach. I think it was a great shot. That's my favorite shot. That's the first bit of gore in the movie. You yeah. can say I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah. So that's that's an excellent example to choose. But yeah, he's he's not afraid to go super gross and super cringy with it because that's part of the tone. Whereas 28 Days Later, it's a lot more brutal. It's it's gruesome. Yeah, yeah. it's brutal. It's, it's like when very she bloody. when she chops off the other guy's arm, like that's crazy. And it's then, messed up. Yeah, and then the blood coming. Yeah, and when they puke and stuff like that yeah. too. It's it's very intense. 
in a in a all great ways. You know, it's it's not too much. I don't think. Yeah. But it's it's just like walks that fine line of being a little too like stomach churning. But I think it's okay. And the realism, the greediness in you know the the camera work adds to that, and it 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 will be more stomach turning than you know the Shaun of the Dead kind of gore. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also it's it's less obviously tongue in cheek. You're not gonna see you know guts getting falling out of someone's stomach. But you know most of the gore is done in terms of like you know the zombies actually attacking someone or you know like that moment with Naomi Harris character so Selena Selena thank you so i would say that the gore is definitely on full effect in the Shaun of the Dead film yeah i'm i'm picking Shaun of the Dead because it's both great gore and the campy gore mixed together and done so well yeah i would give it to Shaun of the Dead as well because it's so much fun and gross but in a good way yeah. and really funny you got red on you got red on you so, all right, one to one now. Oh We're man, tied. I like it. It's a tied game. Uh, let's see. How about scariness? Okay, scariness. So, twenty-eight days later, in my opinion, is a lot scarier than Shaun of the Dead. Not that Shaun of the Dead doesn't have scary moments, especially in the third act, it can get pretty scary. But um, twenty days later, definitely scary with its dark tone. I mean, just the tunnel scene where they oh, pop yeah. there, they get the flat tire, and the zombies start coming. They see the shadows running at them. They're trying to get the get the spare tire on so fast, but they're sprinting down the tunnel. That is just the most anxiety-inducing scene I'd seen in years. Yeah. And like until I saw Uncut Gems, which is just an anxiety <laughs> trip. But that that scene alone is more scary than any part of Shaun of the Dead. And there are plenty of scares, like in Edgar Wright. Like I said, pokes fun at trying to scare the audience in the first act, like by making fun of jump scares the whole time. Yeah. And and there are bits like we watched it the other day and you jumped at one of the bits. Yeah, I did. It was just like someone walking into the frame. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I think his filmmaking, he understands how to scare an audience through the camera work and with sound and music. And like you said, the third act does get pretty scary once people start go dying and then once the zombies pretty much surround them and it seems like there's no way out, it does get pretty scary. So I, Edgar Wright did do a good job of adding plenty of horror into his film. But the zombies themselves of 28 Days Later, just the speed, the ferocity, the animalistic nature, the, the sheer terror they bring an audience, it's just so much more terrifying, just the zombies, let alone the situations the characters are f find themselves in. Yeah, I got to agree. 28 Days Later, like just the opening scene is scarier than the entire Shaun of the Dead. And, you know, Danny Boyle's approach was really to just terrify the audience. And he pulled it off in every scene. And it's and it's just that horror of also, because like when people turn in Shaun of the Dead, it's, you're not like, oh no, it's still kind of funny. Like yeah, it's, it's not the it's, end. It's a slow turn. Yeah, but in terms of the when people turn in Twenty Eight Days Later, it's like horrifying. You're like like when Frank is turning, like no, not him. He's a he's like, like the, a great the contorting dad. Contorting and, and like movements yeah. of his body. Yes. So I think that even just like the idea of people turning into zombies in Twenty Eight Days Later is is terrifying. Versus when his stepdad turns and yeah, Sean dead. It's hilarious. Yeah, and yeah, he turns off the music. <laughs> there isn't a, an, an no, ounce of your old of the husband in you. No, he was my dad, but he's dead now. Now, what are you talking about? If he, Philip is fine. <laughs> it's funny. Exactly. So I think that for scariness, especially with the third act, it's just wild. And I like how Danny Boyle turned, you know, the real monsters in this in the story ended up becoming the men in that um, compound. Mm -hmm. And so humanity can be the monster as well, which is a great take on, on, the, on fear. So I think for scariness, 20 days later has to take I, it. I concur. I concur. So two to one. Two to one. Shot of the Dead. It's only down by one. You yeah, come yeah back. game just it just started. Yeah. We just started. Yeah, we're still in the. We what, just finished the first what quarter. What category would you like to do next? And then we'll head into intermission. I would like to do. 
Directing. All right, let's do directing. Let's do directing. All right, so despite his choice of using the DV cameras and how it maybe hasn't aged super duper well, I think Danny Boyle's directing is exceptional in this film. Um, I think just the story he's telling, the way he tells it, even just getting the shots in London of abandoned London and on the bridge and everything, it's just it's just excellent, masterful storytelling throughout the entire script and in in process of the film. Yeah, Danny Boyle's filmmaking, he's always had so much energy to his directing, and you know, I'm talking like Train Spotting, Slumdog Millionaire, you know, this movie. I would have been curious to see him make a Bond film, but it didn't end up happening. But he's had a really eclectic career, and he brings so much energy to his films. And this one, obviously, has so much to it. But uh, it knows when to tone it down. He, yeah. like, stops and slows the, the, sh the show down a lot. So, like, there are a ton of beats where it's fast, then it's slow, then it's fast, and it's slow. It's like this constant rhythm throughout the story. Yeah, and I I really love the cinematography. It's very minimal, but also very, very dark and, and very grim. I think he really makes use of the fact that, you know, hardly anyone has electricity anymore. Yeah, and I mean, Edgar Wright is a phenomenal director. His raw talent is broadcast all over Shaun of the Dead. Does an exceptional job for it being his first film. But, you know, his 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 style wasn't fully developed yet. If you watch it, it's probably his slowest movie out of everything. He's gotten faster paced with all of his storytelling. I mean, even Baby Driver is just like constantly going but mm -hmm. hut fuzz is a lot faster i think hut fuzz might be his best movie in general i mean scott pilgrim versus the world so um i think the directing that edgar wright does is exceptional especially for a first time director but i think he's just a notch below danny boyle in terms of just directing but he you can tell he knows how to direct oh absolutely his, yeah and he understands like framing and you know I, the lighting is very classical lighting and I, I think that the cinematographer he works with um pope i think is john jim pope is his name Really, really great cinematographer. Um, go ahead and fact check me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's his name. But I, I think this movie is really well made and well crafted. It's just small, you know. It's got a, it doesn't have as that that much of a budget, and you know Edgar Wright worked around that by you know making most of it take place either at Sean's place or at the Winchester. And I the Winchester. But like. I do think that his filmmaking techniques are really brilliant. Like we talked about the editing, his use of music with his film, especially the Queen song at the end when. Uh, they're they're hitting the zombies to the beat and yeah, yeah. rhythm of the song, and that's probably where most of the budget went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to that Queen song. Don't stop me now. I'm having such a good time. <laughs> and I think he has such a love for for music, and then putting it into his films. Obviously, it's become most pronounced with Baby Driver. I, I think he everything he led to that movie in terms of his use of music, but he really was beginning that with this film for sure. Yeah, but I think Danny Boyle just at this point in his career was just like harnessed his talent. This might be his like peak directing. This this and Slumdog Millionaire are probably his two best films. So I think and Train Spotting of of course. So I think I would probably give the directing to Twenty Eight Days Later, and that's not a slight on Sean. I mean on Edgar Wright at all. Yeah, I would say you know the vision of Twenty Eight Days Later and you know, how he pulled it off, you know, the direction of it. It was so unique, um, visually stunning, even though, you know, it's still HD. But I think that what he did with 28 Days Later was really incredible. And so I get to give directing to Danny Boyle as well. And he changed the zombie genre. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Edgar Wright had his huge footprint on it as well. But yeah. this is now why we have Fast Zombies, yes. this movie. So I think Danny Boyle... Again, all of our hardcore Edgar Wright fans, we are hardcore Edgar yeah. Wright fans, so don't get upset if we picked him over uh, Danny Boyle over him for directing because <laughs> we love Edgar Wright. I've, 
for two of his movies on Blu-ray. Anyways, let's move on. So to... what is that? Three to one. Three to one right now. Three to one. Oh All man. right. Let's see if we can make up. Um, you want to do intermission first? Oh yeah, let's do our intermission. Then we'll try to get Shaun of the Dead some yeah. points back. <laughs> points back on the board. <laughs> let's go to our intermission. And the first competition is going to be our movie quotes. And so this is from Evan Martarana. Bread makes you fat. <laughs> <laughs> bread, bread makes you fat. Yeah, this is um, easy. Oh man. Oh, it's it's, uh, it's it's um it's Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll say it with a full mouth. <laughs> bread makes you fat. <laughs> it's Scott. I can eat garlic bread for every meal. Yeah. I love garlic bread. Scott says it. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> funny. Oh yeah, I've seen that movie way more than you. I've seen it a few times. I mean, you didn't get that line right away. Whew. Red flag. Did I get it? Red flag. You're n- no, no. So you're being like that guy who said you took too long answering a question. Oh yeah, you're right. Last week, you're being just like him. You're right. I'm sorry. You cynical bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Your turn. Here's my quote. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> Godfather. Yep. Good one. It's a good one. All right. Guess this movie release year. Resident Evil. Oh, good, good one. Resident Evil. I'm going to go with 2002. Yeah. Yes. Nice job. I almost said a one. Good job. Close one. I was so nervous. Okay, here's mine. Cool Runnings. Oh, man. Hmm. We are Jamaica. We are Bobsled. I feel like this is probably one of John Candy's last movies, right? I don't know when he died, so I, I couldn't answer that. I'm going to go 1998. 93. Wow, it's that old? Yeah, it's Holy pretty crap. old. Yeah, I, did, I was surprised Damn. too. Wow, that's, that's insane. Yeah. All right, movie pop quiz time. What is Chris Evans' character name in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Oh, f- <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Tough one. Oh, man. Hold on. It's super masculine. Is it Bert? No. Damn it. Vince, you know, I can't no, I don't know. Lucas Lee. Lucas Lee. Honestly, I think the funniest shot in a movie I've ever seen in my life, the first time I saw Scott Pilgrim, was when he dials a number with a, with a handgun. It's so <laughs> it's funny. on the payphone. It's so friggin' funny. Funniest thing I've ever seen in my I life. I died when I saw that for the first oh time. Oh my God. He's so funny with the sideburns. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's got like the, the chin beard. That's such an underrated movie. It's amazing. It might be his funniest movie. It's I, it's really great. It has some really hysterical moments. This filmmaking that is exceptional too. Like so much green screen, but it looks great. He got a ninety million dollar budget. He's yeah. like, let's have some fun. Yeah, he went let's awesome. do it. That's a it's a perfect movie. Yeah, it's really excellent. All right, your turn. My quiz is, how many Gore Verbinski movies has Hans Zimmer scored? Two, two. Yeah. Do you know who movies Verbinski has made? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so hold on. Hold on. Because we got. Yeah, I, I was like, I totally got Gore Verbinski mixed up with somebody else in my head. I was like, yeah. I was like, let me let me fix and it was this. A, it was a straight up guess when I thought he was the other guy. Uh-huh. All right. So Gore Verbinski, he's he did three of the pirates film scores, right? So he did. The, I'm not saying yes or no to I'm anything. I'm talking to myself. Okay. I'm talking. This is how okay. I think. <laughs> It helps me figure stuff out. So we did those three. What the hell else has Gore Verbinski done? Some other some, crap. Some mystery. Some other shit. Uh, crap. He's a great director. I, well, I didn't mean crap in a bad way. Who who means crap in a good way? <laughs> like you you could say like like you could have a, a their bet donuts all over your table. You can be like get this crap off my table, but it's still delicious stuff. Donuts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's being referred to negatively. All right. He's made a, a, several great films. 
Thank you. Oh man, um, I feel like did he make Lone Ranger? I think he might have. So that that would be four. I'm gonna get six, seven. Oh man, you're close. You're close. So he did the Three Pirates. Yeah. Uh, Lone Ranger. Yep. What else? The Ring. Oh, he he directed the Ring. Yeah, that was the first collaboration. Uh, Rango. Oh yeah. And then the Weatherman with Nick Cage. Nice. Good guess though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I he's a great director, man. The oh, ring yeah, is awesome. awesome. Pirates of the Caribbean is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, he he made all the the first three pirates. All right. Excellent director. Who is our hater of the week? Do you have any real ones? I got a, I got a couple good ones. We have we have some real haters. Yeah. So we posted uh on our Dune video. We were talking about how Denis is a great director and Blade Runner twenty four nine is a masterpiece, a modern masterpiece and. Tana Donna said, please stop saying Blade Runner 2049 is a modern masterpiece. That just means you're dumb. Wow. Like, but also you corrected his grammar. He had some pretty bad gra- grammatical errors in that sentence. Yeah, I actually, I said, I said it properly, yeah, you but said he it right. spelled it incorrectly. But still, I mean, yeah. Blade Runner 2049 is a, is a masterpiece. If you don't think so, you're, hey, it's your, this is his, his opinion. opinion. And then uh, DJ Dex, he wrote a big one, but essentially he said, can you guys stop Loving on Denis Villeneuve. You guys are the most established fangirls. Dune was a hot mess. The score, if you love those farming French horns, then you're in luck. Hans loves them, and they're farting all over this film. Hey, bud. I know if, <laughs> if you don't like a movie, you don't like a movie, but he's not farting all over the movie. Like His score is incredible. And he also said Timmy Chalamet is awful as Paul. He called Perfect he, as Paul. And he said he, Timmy Chalamet is a twerp that couldn't be strong enough to be Duke if his life depended on it. The, the book, he's perfect as Paul. Paul's a very weak character. He's he, 15 years he's, old. He's mentally just unread. He's not ready yeah. for anything. Unbelievable. He's a very quiet, unsure of himself boy in the, in the book. He's perfect as Paul Atreides. He does it so well. And but hey, I'm, man, you you have your own opinion. Whatever, it's your, it's live, your opinion. live your life, man. <laughs> the insults could have could have left the insults out. I got a good one. And then uh, I have a unsubscribed hater. Let's go. On I made a clip about the spider in the first Spider Man that bites Peter Parker. They actually painted a real spider red and red and blue. And then Chris Coates twenty eight said, "No, it was a real radioactive spider." For the love of God, man, check your facts. Unsubscribed. <laughs> And then I have a top comment. It was my favorite comment of the week. I posted a clip about Christian Bale's various weight transformations for his roles throughout his career. And then Drew Mr. Misfits wrote, and then he just bulked up to 450,000 pounds to play the sandworm in Dune. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Oh, that was a good one. All right, you done? Yeah, I'm done. So our supporter of this episode is a five-star review. They didn't leave their name, but this is their post. Appreciation. The first podcast I ever listened to, huge movie fan, and now I can't watch a movie without afterwards checking to see if you guys did a review on it. Aww. Thanks so much That's for the awesome. five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Unfortunately, the only place you can leave reviews, but hey, anyone who's done it, we really appreciate it so much. Thanks so much. On this day in film, on this day in film history, slow down, James. October 28th, in 2001, Donnie Darko was released. Ooh. And happy birthday to Julia Roberts and Joaquin Phoenix. Nice. What do you got for a streaming rec? I have, we need to talk about Kevin on Amazon Prime. It's a good one. It's uh, Lynn Ramsey's second film, and she made a real stunner, and Ezra Miller broke out in this movie. He is absolutely fantastic, and it's a really dark, really intense drama. Really, I mean, it's an incredible film. Lynn Ramsey is one of the best work filmmakers in America working today, and I mean, she just did... Um, that Joaquin Phoenix place, um, you're never really here. That's such a good yeah, movie. It's a great film. 
Ah, people got to check that out yeah, if you she, haven't seen it. She's an amazing director, and this is an amazing film. Check it out. If there's one thing you need to survive in the zombie apocalypse, it has to be Manscaped's brand new body wash and shampoo conditioner two-in-one products. So these are the products I've been teasing that first batch. We have some new products from Manscaped, finally. So the body wash is great for men and shower shampoo conditioner two-in-one. They but they smell amazing. They by smell the way. awesome, yeah. And there's a ton. They're like it's like 18 inches. You could beat someone to death with this. <laughs> you can beat up a zombie with it. You really could. It's metal. It's crazy. Yeah. So this is just the first of new products coming to the Manscaped line. There's some more stuff coming in November, which we can't reveal yet. But these are brand new. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout from Manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping today. In addition to these awesome new products, make sure to get the Lawnmower 4.0, the Performance Package 4.0, the Weed Whacker, their body wipes, the men's wipes, the the foot sprays. Everything is great, and we can't wait to show you guys what's coming in November. So they're just expanding their men's product lines. Awesome. Again, Raiders of Lost at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. What I really love about Shaun of the Dead and 28 Days Later is they both have awesome posters. I love both movie posters. If you need posters for your house, for your place of work, head on over to movieposters.com and use our promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. We used to have an older promo code that is no longer usable. So the new code is Raiders10 to get your discount. Movieposters.com is the number one place to get your posters online today. They have all sorts of sizes, framing, backlighting. Whatever your poster needs are, they can handle it. They also have a massive selection of films. Pretty much every movie you can think of, they have it. Again, head on over to Movieposters.com and use our promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. All right, let's get back into this battle episode. And now the score at the moment is... Three to one. Twenty eight days, days later, later is is winning. Kind of surprised. I'm worried. This, is this going to be a, a landslide victory? Is they, is it going to blow out Shaun of the Dead? But we'll find People out. People are sweating right now listening. <laughs> They're like, oh, I love Edgar Wright. <laughs> All right, and I think the next category we should discuss is category characters. Category car- 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 <laughs> characters. I had an aneurysm. <laughs> characters. <laughs> characters. And now. Both films have great characters. They have great leads, excellent actors. And Shaun of the Dead, you know, Shaun, obviously the title character, great character. Everyone relates to him. He's like, I feel like everyone's been at that at that moment in their life. I definitely was where I was like not motivated. I was not like pursuing anything. You were plateaued. Plateaued. I was lazy. You know, every, every, everyone goes through a rut. And so I think everyone can relate to Sean. Life is passing him by. He's just mediocre at everything. He, he just wants to stay at the Winchester every night and get drunk. And, you know, his girlfriend wants him to be more ambitious. She wants to actually do things with her life. She doesn't want to be stuck at the Winchester every night. But then his best friend, Ed, is like his only friend. And, you know, he's he doesn't want to abandon Ed in a way. And Ed, I, I'm assuming every time I watch this movie, like, he didn't have a place to stay, so he's just been crashing on their couch for like a year now or something yeah. like that. That's what it feels like. And I think Ed and Sean, their back and forth is just so genius and funny. And and it's everyone's had friends like that. And they both grow immensely throughout the course of the film. You know, Sean Sh- is basically, like we said, a zombie himself in his life. And it takes a zombie apocalypse for him to like wake up and get motivated and do something. He and, becomes a leader. Yeah, he really becomes something with himself and, you know, it changes his life. 
And then Ed becomes a zombie. <laughs> but <laughs> they still get to hang out and play video games. But Ed, you know, he kind of sacrifices himself at the end. He lets them, he helps them get away and, yeah. and chooses to stay and hold off the zombies for them. And then in contrast, you know, I would say that the the probably the weakest part of 28 Days Later is, you know, the lack of character development. There isn't too much. I think that survival is the main theme and survival is all anyone is focused on, you know. Obviously, yeah, we meet, we, we meet Frank and his daughter, and, you know, that's nice, but uh, especially with Selena. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> especially with Selena's character, you're like, she doesn't even want to talk to Jim. She's like, I don't want to know anything about you because I want to just, you know, I might have to kill you one day. Same thing with she did with her old friend, and she's ruthless, so you don't want to. Selena's a badass. Yeah, she's great. Like, she will mess you up. Like, she kills that guy when he gets bit, but, like, yeah. you could say that is the right thing to do, obviously. Oh, of course. But that's pretty ruthless in, like, what a week you've turned into a killer of people. Yeah. And then, yeah, Jim, he, you, we learn a little bit more about him. Like, we we go to see his parents, and he sees that they they died. Um, they took um, prescription pills and over, overdosed on purpose to, you know, not have to deal with the zombie apocalypse. And it, there are good moments, but I would say that, you know, the character development is lacking in this film a bit. They do, you know, have at the end in the final act in post-apocalypse uh, when they survive the uh, military compound. You know, they, they seem to be together. Uh, one part about Jim, like, he seems kind of like a static character emotionally for a while, but uh, he kind of transforms yeah. into a zombie in a way in the third act. A monster. Rest. Yeah, so yeah. he becomes a monster himself, which yeah. is super interesting. And I think 28 Days Later just has more of an existential element to uh, thematically to the film in terms of, like, what it means to be human and what happens when you lose your humanity, which is really interesting. Yeah, like, when he kills the soldiers and then he goes up to Selena and she's, like, about to kill him because Selena. she... Selena. because she thinks he's a zombie because of the way yeah. he's acting. And she has to wait to see his eyes. Yeah. And so it's really great transformation. And so... But it, but it comes down to which characters do you enjoy spending the movie with more? I think I'm going to give it to Shaun of the Dead because not even just Shaun and, and, and Ed. I think Liz is great. And Barbara's funny. Barbara's super funny. His stepdad, Philip, is super funny. The, Pete's the a other great couple. Character. Yeah, Diane. Are, both movies have great characters, but I think Shaun of the Dead, when you're watching a movie, I just have more fun with them versus – it's not that 28 Days Later is a fun movie. It's not supposed to be, but I just enjoy my time more with the characters in Shaun of the Dead. I agree, and like, I think the characters are just more memorable in – in Shaun of the yeah. Dead. You Versus can, 28 Days Later, you just think of the zombies mostly. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, the characters are all very unique in Shaun of the Dead, and they all have parts to play, and they have their their, their moments of shining and getting, you know, a little bit more screen time than the others. And I would say, in terms of characters, Shaun of the Dead wins. I mean, Edgar Wright spends, like, the first 20 minutes of setting the movie it up. setting up all yeah. these characters and their relationships, and, like, before zombies even come into play. That's what I mean about development. In terms of, like, 28 Days Later, the movie works because you you wake up with Jim, and that's really a, an amazing way to start the film, but Edgar Wright spends 25 minutes letting us get to know the characters before anything yeah. hits the fan. But I think you put it perfectly. Like, they're more memorable. Yeah. And, and you know, when you think of Shaun of the Dead, you think of the characters. And 28 Days Later, you don't really... You think of Killian Murphy because he's he's awesome. You think yeah. of Naomi Harris because she's awesome. But, like, their characters don't fully stick with you. I would say that Frank is probably the most memorable character in the movie, maybe. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Yeah, or uh, the major. Yeah. Mm. So, the major in, in a wrong way, in a bad mm. way, too, because he's so evil. But, uh, yeah, I'm picking Shaun of the Dead. So, let's give that to Shawnee. Of the Good dead, job. so Good job, now we're we're at three to two. This is a, it's comeback time. It's coming this is the back, comeback kid. Here we go. Uh, which character would you like to do next? Which category? I mean, did I say character? <laughs> I threw you off. We keep mixing both those words up now. I think we should go to best kills. All right. So which movie has the best kills? And both both films have a great amount of gore. They have awesome kills, and they're both terrifying. But I think there's you know going over the kills and Twenty Eight Days Later. 
I think the best kill would be probably Selena killing her friend because it was so shocking to see her. Yeah. And also a, a couple of the kills of the soldiers in the third act of the film as well. Definitely some great moments there. I think, and also you could say of killing the zombies too. Yeah. So like when they are yeah, like yeah. unloading on them, it's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of more gun, there's gunfire in that movie versus uh, Shauna did. There's hardly no guns. Any, yeah. Uh, does the Winchester fire? The rifle, yeah. 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 They Remember they take turns loading it with yeah. him. Yeah. So, and they each take a turn like, here, you take it. No, you take it. But I, I love the killing in Shaun of the Dead, not just of like the zombies killing the people, but also of them killing the zombies because it's like they move so slow. And it's just like free range, like unloading <laughs> swings with the cricket bat and everything. And and so I think it's a lot of fun watching Sean run around and, and killing all these zombies that are just barely moving. It's, it's pretty entertaining. So yeah. I think in terms of killing... Best kills both zombies killing humans and, and humans killing zombies. I think I would probably vote Shaun of the Dead. And you know there are really great moments in Shaun of the Dead, like when when they're loading the rifle for him, and he's taking out um, the zombies in the windows, and then David's death. I I think is the best of both movies. It's because you kind of want him to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. You're kind of hoping it die. He dies, and you know there's tragic moments like when when he has to kill Barbara. That's really tragic. Yeah, His own mother. His mom in the head. Yeah, and that's that's pretty crazy. But also their inability to kill zombies is super funny yeah, as that, well. Like yeah, when the they're trying to kill the bar the bartender with the pool sticks, and yeah. it's like they're not doing anything. They're trying to kill the zombies with the records. It's it's yeah. very funny. Yeah, yeah. The attempted kills and and I, like the. Earlier, when um, the two were making out, and the zombie lady, like his head, the guy's head falls backwards. This is super funny, and I love the first time they kill zombies in the backyard yeah, 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 when yeah. they just like switch sides. Which one you want, bloke or girl? The uh, the, the, the first, first one. one, and then they're just, uh, just the over, over over killing and hitting them in the head constantly. It's so funny. And they're covered in blood. He's like, you got red on you. So I think, yeah, I think I'd give kills for both zombie killing human and human killing zombie to Shaun of the Dead, and I would say. Although 28 Days Later is more realistic and much more intense, I would say Shaun of the Dead has the better kills. Wow, we are tied three to three. Comeback Ooh. time for Shaun of the Dead. I knew it would happen. This is looking, yeah, I mean. And keep... just so you know, we didn't plan this out ahead yeah, of time. I didn't know what you picked. I didn't know what he picked either. So it's just, you know, probably a twin thing. It's like how sometimes we order the exact same thing at a restaurant. Yeah. And it's just like kind of annoying. Or it's chicken. Like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, sometimes we'll both get like, I'll get the double bacon cheeseburger with avocado and the side of sweet potato fries. And I'm like, I'll have the same thing. <laughs> I'll have the exact same thing. I, 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 hate to be, I hate to be an identical twin, but I'm doing it. It sounds delicious. We have very similar tastes. You know what I, you know what I hate saying? Is when people are like when you when you meet someone new or and they're like, So what's it like being to uh, being a twin? Do you guys like all the same stuff? And I'll be like yeah, kind of, <laughs> basically. No, but we do different stuff. Yeah, but we do like a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, I, I want to be like, no, we, we're totally different. We don't have anything in common. But then I'm like, yeah, we, we're pretty, pretty. Listen to a lot of the same yeah. music. Watch all the same movies. <laughs> <laughs> we like the same food. <laughs> Although I do not like Cool Ranch Doritos very much. I'll I eat them, but so for me, Cool Ranch Doritos, are, I think, are the best. They, they might Cheddar be my favorite is snack. so much better. Come on. No, no. Cool Ranch is the way to go. And also, I'm big on peanut M&Ms, as everybody knows. And I love peanut M&Ms, yeah. but I'm Reese's Pieces. Yeah, you're, you're, Reese's Pieces are good, but yeah. like, I'll take a bucket full of <laughs> peanut M&Ms over Reese's Pieces any day. I think you were, you were so, you were so depressed when they didn't have it at the theaters. Oh man, we went to see The Last Duel and they, they only had regular M&Ms and I was distraught. You looked everywhere. I, I even when I was in line, <laughs> I, I asked her at the checkout, I'm like, do you guys have peanut M&Ms? She's like, I don't know if it's on the, on the, uh, the, on the shelves. shelves. And I'm like, hold on, let me run around. There's people waiting in order. I'm like running between all the shelves to find peanut M&Ms. You were like, damn it. 
I'll take the regular chocolate ones, milk chocolate. Still delicious, but not the same. That was a that was a rant. <laughs> you were devastated. We should do an entire episode of what it's like being a twin. <laughs> people, I think people would like to hear that. All right, so we're three to three now. Wow, tied up. So tied we did up. we did characters, scariness, gore, character, I mean, kills, directing, um, zombies. So let's do music now. Music. For me, music has to go to Twenty Eight Days Later just for John Murphy, especially in the house in a heartbeat. That song, the music, the theme to this movie is an iconic horror theme. Now it's a great theme and. I know Edgar Wright is famous for his music and his soundtracks, but Shaun of the Dead doesn't have that many tracks in it. Um, in terms of an original score. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I just mean music in oh, general. Yeah, it can, yeah. It can okay, be yeah, right yeah, music. Yeah. And obviously, the Queen song is the best, but the score for Shaun of the Dead, it borrows heavily from the thing. It has that dun 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 like that synthy bass line. Mm-hmm. That's from the thing, and obviously, he's paying homage to the thing, but I think that since it... It is so much like the thing. It doesn't. It can't really count as its own score. Yeah, you know what I mean. Versus the music, and again, John Murphy, he did a great job in this movie. Then also in uh, Sunshine, another Danny Boyle movie yeah. that he did. Both these films have iconic film s- songs that are just everybody knows the theme to Twenty Eight Days Later. Everyone knows Adagio and D Minor from Sunshine. Like it's they used it in Wonder Woman for When yeah. She Flies in the new one. Yeah, and you know Shaun of the Dead, there are some good songs, but it's not like Baby Driver where he used like forty songs. Yeah, you know he used maybe six or seven, I think, and they do work well. But I think ultimately, like you're saying, John Murphy is a really talented musician. And he made a really great theme. Like I, it's a very recognizable theme. When I hear it, I know that's Twenty Eight Days Later. You know what I mean? Something to do. With, it's horror too. You know yeah. immediately that's a horror song. Yeah. So and and the way he used it in different ways, from like really basic, just like the guitar by itself, to using like really like shredding the guitar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And adding effects to it. So I think it's a really excellent score. It suits the movie perfectly, and it it adds that dread to the movie. Also. It's suspenseful. It feels like things like something's about to happen when you listen to it. It's like kind of reminds you of the Joker theme in Dark Knight, where it's like rising and rising and until it like crescendos. Yeah, a really fabulous theme. So I would say, in terms of music, I gotta give it a Twenty Days Later. Yeah, and one of the best moments in music in both films is when uh, Jim is walking around abandoned London, and it's that rising theme, the rising music, until like you said, it just has a great climax, and that's one of the best parts of the movie, I think, especially because of the music going with the abandoned London and streets. Oh, definitely. So now it's four to three. Twenty Eight Days Later has taken the lead back. Four to three. How many categories do we have left? We have one category left. What's what's the final category? The ending. Oh, yeah, endings. How's the ending? All right, so the ending of 28 Days Later is they escape that military compound, and then they seem to be just living on in the countryside of the UK somewhere. And I really, I really like this because you've never seen in a zombie movie, and technically they aren't zombies if you look at it this way, they're starving. Yeah. You know, all the zombies are starving at this point. They, they've run out of food, and that wouldn't happen for, like, a typical zombie because they're already dead, and so they wouldn't need sustenance, although that wouldn't really make sense in terms of them needing to eat brains and flesh. So, I mean, the idea of a zombie is kind of silly. And so I like the approach of the zombies starving. I really like that. And then they make that giant hello sign in the grass and the yeah. plane flies overhead and it seems like they're going to be saved and live on and it's okay. And the thing with 28 Days Later is when you think about it on a global scale, it seems like it, seems like it was just 
isolated to maybe just the UK and Ireland, Scotland, just these island little countries over there. And so it's possible, yeah. So it, it's possible they may be the only one that experienced this. And you know, there's planes flying earlier on too that gives Jim hope before this. So I would say since the zombies turn so quickly, it's possible that it didn't spread. That it never got on a plane. You yeah, know? that's the thing. So that's why I don't think it spread at all. Because yeah. even if it got on a plane, if it got on a boat, like. It seems unlikely that a zombie would have done that, yeah. gotten onto transportation. To yeah, exactly. Country. And then in terms of Sean and the dead, you know, Sean and Liz escape the Winchester, and you know the military has taken over and gained control of the country, and we get to see the, a really funny ending where you know Sean and Liz are, are living together, and, and he he scrolls through the television. Like I said earlier, there's all these like. TV shows where it's like those silly competition yeah. games where yeah. people wearing helmets and but there's like, zombies yeah. <laughs> and then there's like there's the woman is still married to the zombie on like a Jerry Springer esque show and and I think that the the approach to like zombies in popular culture now was really funny and really smart and then also Sean goes into his shed and who's there but Ed zombie Ed and they play video games together. I think yeah, very funny, super funny. They're both great endings. The but the thing with Twenty Eight Days Later, not that I'm not satisfied with it, but it seems like it would have been better to end it more of a dramatic note and maybe see maybe show danger or something to set it up for a sequel. Which obviously they did because the zombies are still alive. But I think that maybe not ending it on such a positive tone would have helped the ending. I think I agree too. I think that if it had been a little bit more dramatic and less less cathartic you know it could have been a little bit more impactful mm -hmm. but i think it's still a great ending but also it, it's i mean i like it i really do i like it a lot but you know the shot on the dead ending i think that ending is really really satisfying it's original it's very that, original. like humans are now living yeah, with zombies it's so funny it's so funny i love it i think it's really terrific it was such a great concept i concur i, so, I gotta give it a shot of the dead yeah, the I'm, ending. I'm gonna give it a shot of the dead too yeah. Yeah. Well, we both ordered a bake, uh, bacon cheeseburger with avocado. <laughs> All right. So the final score is four to four. Wow. So guess who's going to determine the winner now, now that we have a tie? Is it going to be our fans? Our fans are going to determine the winner. So a few days ago, I did a poll on Instagram for which is better, Shaun of the Dead or 28 Days Later? Can you guess who won? I'm going to guess since what I said earlier in your reaction. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Shaun of the Dead won. Shaun of the Dead won. Handsomely, how what was this, the uh, portion? Sixty-nine percent of the vote. Wow, thirty-one percent. So Sean the Dead received two hundred and seventy-three votes, and twenty-eight days later received one hundred twenty-four votes. Wow, so, that was. Surprising. I mean, that's that's a pretty good. There's four hundred people pretty much who voted. So I mean, it's a yeah, that's solid a big, population. Yeah. It's a solid consensus of yeah. people who like film. That yeah, that's big enough to get a really general, uh, you know, confirmed idea like. Wow, 70 to 30. That's crazy. But that, I like it. Now the fans determined, yeah. our fans determined who the zombie king is between these two. And clearly, you know, there's a reason why Edgar Wright is so loved as a filmmaker. Absolutely. So, yeah, Shaun the Dead. Shaun the Dead is the king. The king of, of these two zombie films. The king of zombie movies. There's some other stuff that I want to talk about. So for like 28 days later, I kind of dabbled in this earlier. So you I think, I think one of the strengths of that film is it's a lot more emotional and these existential elements in terms of humanity and what happens to people when they're reduced to their lowest elements and you know this film like we said deals with two types of monsters zombies and humans the the military men at the compound they're just as monstrous as the zombies just in a different way and 
you know, Jim loses his humanity at a point in this film. Even Selena loses part of her humanity. I think her humanity is gone before they even shows when up. When he meets her, yeah. When she meets him, yeah, for sure. Because she kills, she kills people now. Even though they're about to turn, but she still kills them while they're human, which is nuts. But you know, it's self-preservation. So this film is, it's big time into survival. You know, the zombie genre encompasses survival, post-apocalyptic, comedy, horror, all of that. And so I think that. The, the emotional connection that I have for 28 Days Later is just deeper than Shaun of the Dead. And also, I really think it's the realism of it, you know, the believability of it happening also works in the favor of the film, you know, especially after COVID, like how fast a virus can spread, how deadly it can be. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's a little unrealistic in terms of like what it does to people. But I mean, like I said earlier, scientists say that if rabies became airborne, that would be like the worst thing that could ever happen to humanity because it was such a lethal, deadly virus and so vicious. Why do you think I run all the time? <laughs> I'm convinced that running is going to save my life. I don't know when or how it's going to happen, but it's, it will. Yeah, you might be found in a situation it's, where you, you need know what's going to suck is we're going to be together and I'm going to be like, bro, I have to leave you. I, you're going to get me killed. I'm gassed. You're, you're like, uh, like up the block. You're like, I can't make it. <laughs> 200 feet. <laughs> I'd have a samurai sword. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you should probably get it now just in case. <laughs> but I think um, the realistic element of the virus is what I really love about the film. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you want to do some fun facts? Absolutely. All righty, cool. Let's do it. Let's start with Shaun of the Dead. When Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg were pitching the film Shaun of the Dead, Film 4 Productions showed interest in it. Then Film 4 significantly cut back its budget, leaving the movie without a production company for a while because Edgar Wright was still hoping to get this movie made. He held off taking, taking any other directing jobs while searching for new financing for this movie and ended up having to borrow money from his friends, including Simon Pegg. And so this is a quote for him. For me to take on a television job meant that I was like pushing the film back. So I was, so I was going rapidly broke. I was majorly in the red. And according to Wright, Pegg still hasn't allowed him to pay back the money he owes him from those lean times. Oh, wow. What a good friend. Oh, they're doing pretty well now. Yeah, they're doing fine. There's probably like 10 grand. <laughs> Many of the zombie extras are fans of the TV show Spaced. What happened was Edgar Wright um, wrote them all and said, hey, we're filming a zombie movie. If you want to be in it, just show up. And they weren't expecting that many to come out. They they recruited them all on a, a fan website for Spaced. And to their surprise, hundreds of fans showed up to play zombies as extras. When Sean is heading to the shop for the first time, a worker on the street is listening to the radio. The newscast mentions a space probe that unexpectedly re-entered the Earth's atmosphere and broke up over England. This is likely a reference to Night of the Living Dead, in which radiation from a satellite returning from Venus was given a possible cause for the dead returning to life. <laughs> this is pretty funny. Um, so Ed, he's always like scratching his crotch. And Nick Frost kept his genitals shaved throughout the production to create a genuine need to scratch that area. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino dubbed Shaun of the Dead as one of the top 20 movies made since 1992. Sean berates Ed for calling the creatures zombies. This alludes to the curious fact that many of the most iconic zombie movies, including Night of the Living Dead and Resident Evil never used the word zombie at all. It can also be a reference to Danny Boyle, director of 28 Days Later, and his insistence that it isn't a zombie movie. 
The scene where Jim and Selena celebrate with Frank and Hannah was shot on September 11th, 2001. Danny Boyle said it felt extremely strange to shoot a celebratory scene on that particular day. Athletes were cast as the infected because of how important physicality is to them. Danny Boyle felt that since the athletes can do things normal people can't, they would be much more visually interesting when translated into the movements of the infected. Alex Garland and Danny Boyle did a great deal of research into social unrest, drawing ideas from things that happened in Rwanda and Sierra Leone, such as the piling of bodies inside churches, but drew the line at using any actual footage from such, incident, from such incidents in the opening montage. All footage featuring dead bodies, desecration of bodies was faked. Ewan McGregor was actually supposed to be playing the lead role of this film, but what happened was he and Danny Boyle had a falling out over the film The Beach. So for The Beach, Danny Boyle originally wanted Ewan McGregor, but then the studio forced him to hire Leonardo DiCaprio instead because he was a bigger star. And Ewan McGregor took it very personally. And although they were very close, he and Danny Boyle had a big falling out. And so they stopped working together. Although now they are friends and didn't make that train spotting sequel, they didn't speak to each other for almost 10 years. 28 Days Later was one of the first mainstreams to be shot entirely with digital cameras. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to our episode of Shaun of the Dead versus 28 Days Later. You chose Shaun of the Dead as the winner of this contest. So thanks so much for everyone who voted. Came down to the wire. Yeah, big big thanks to everyone who's become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Your donations are I'm so grateful because now we're both full-time officially on the podcast. Neither of us have our day jobs anymore because all of you amazing fans help support us. So thank you so much. We love you all. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.